Fresh from his journey to Katano, Japan, we say good morning to the mayor of Collingwood, Brian Saunderson. Great to have you back, Brian. Good morning, guys. It is great to be back. Uh, how was it? Uh, you visited uh, one of our sister cities, Katano, Japan. Uh, you just got back. Uh, how was the trip? It was a fantastic trip. Uh, we were there for two weeks and uh, just got back on Sunday. They were 14 hours ahead of us, so it's just coming up to 2011 in the after, in the uh, in the evening over there. So uh, it's like I'm doing this day all over again. And by the way, the show was great. <laughs> uh, you uh, you went with a with a contingent. Was uh, what was the purpose of the trip? Yes, there was. Uh, well, uh, Catano's been our sister city for 38 years right. now, and uh, there were 20 people on the trip. Um, it was organized by the Catano uh, Sister City uh, Association, and uh, Terry Kelleher and uh, Bob Smuck, Burger Bob, mm-hmm. were the two uh, leaders of the tour, and uh, they did a fantastic job preparing. Unfortunately, Bob couldn't go for personal reasons, so uh, so Terry led the gang when we were over there, and uh, they had it all uh, uh, arranged, and the trip went incredibly smoothly. Fantastic. Uh, what will come out of this? And certainly, it's been a cultural exchange, but... Uh, are, are there any economic advantages to this? Uh, I think the short answer is yes. Hmm. And uh, in the past, uh, it's been more of a cultural uh, thing. But this time around, uh, we went over. I worked with uh, Martin Ridlow of the Economic Development Center and the uh, NCAOMN, and we put together um, uh, some packages. We worked. We spoke with the uh, Japanese Consul General uh, Keiko Ito, uh, and then hooked up with uh, some people from the Consul General's office, uh, Canadian Consul General's office, while we were over there. Um, so we had meetings with, uh, obviously, with Mayor uh, Kuroda from uh, Catano, uh, the uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, talking about business opportunities. So we were busy when we were at Catano uh, in those meetings. And then uh, when we were in Tokyo, uh, I met with um, the uh, uh, Mr. Shiba, uh, who is the uh, um, CEO and president of NSG, which owns Pilkington. They bought yeah. Pilkington in 2006. And uh, had a very interesting meeting uh, with him. Uh, we sat down for about 45 minutes, and they talked about the importance uh, of auto glass to their, uh, to their uh, corporation. And they bought it in 2006. They view that as being the time that they really became a true uh, global corporation. Mm. They have operations on every continent, and uh, auto glass is 51% of their, their revenue annually. They do architectural glass, so they were aware of Agnora. Uh, 41% of their business is architectural glass, and then 8% is specialty glass, like uh, uh, computer screens, cell phone screens. Uh, there's also glass uh, in batteries, and uh, so they, they produce that glass. So it was uh, very interesting that way to make the connections, and hopefully we will, um, we will turn some of those into business opportunities for, for ourselves and for Catano. Nice. Speaking of economic development in our community, you've got uh, the mayor's advisory team on economic development getting together. Tell us uh, what this is about and why we need this. Well, it's really, uh, John, trying to refine and uh, be more strategic in, uh, with our current economic development plan. It's, it's a good economic development plan, but this way we're trying to turn it to more action-oriented. And really what we're trying to do is uh, work with local business leaders and entrepreneurs and employers to find out uh, ways that we can really make Collingwood investment ready. Uh, so it, it could be anything from targeting certain industries or sectors uh, to figuring out how we can attract uh, people or companies in those sectors uh, to Collingwood. And, uh, you know, one simple example is the Tech Hub North that we're working on and right. have been working on for a while. 
Uh, are there ways that we can enhance and that? Seems that? to be working. I mean, there's a we you know we just had a chat with Smash Reality. They're just one of the many uh, technological small companies that are really growing out of here. Well, and I think there's a whole confluence of reasons for that. I mean, uh, when the shipyards closed in 86, uh, you, you know, we changed our economic model mm. here. And we are now uh, known as an entrepreneurial hub throughout Canada and in Ontario, not just for uh, communities our size, but any community. Right. And uh, so the entrepreneurial spirit here is is very uh, vibrant because after the shipyards closed, you had to create your own job. Mm. And so with the uh, sense of place we have here, the natural amenities, the type of community and the culture that in this area, people want to be here. And so if you're going to come here, then one of the safest ways to do that is create a job for yourself, create your business and, uh, and make this the hub of your business. So, uh, so we're very pleased uh, to be uh, pursuing this, we're very excited to be pursuing this. And uh, I've just, uh, we've just uh, put together the team of 12 and I'll go through their names Paula uh, Asitola, Anthony Griffiths, Bruce, Har- Bruce Harbinson, Brandon Houston, Chris Jordan, Dave Maney, Jonathan Smay, Tony Smith, Andrew Stewart, Shelby Taylor, Foster Williams, and Jillian Farley. Uh, so that's the team that we've put together, and these are people from their early 30s to their late 60s who have uh, a real uh, interest uh, um, and uh, expertise in in the business sector, whether they be a a CEO, a business owner, an employer, um, or an employee. Um, Mm. They bring a lot to the table, and we had many, many excellent uh, um, resumes. So thank you to everyone who uh, submitted a resume. It was a very difficult choice, uh, and getting these 12, we're very excited with the skill set we have around the table, and they will work with our consultant uh, they'll be meeting on November 25th and 26th to sort of get the groundwork going. And then from there, we will be refining that. And the plan will be uh, coming back to council in the first uh, quarter of next year. People may have heard or seen that the shoreline at Sunset Point Park uh, suffered some damage because of weather in the recent weeks. Um, I know council just got more information about that earlier this week. Do we know what the extent of the damage is now and how much that might cost to repair? Uh, we have a pretty good idea. So we've, uh, we've hired a consulting uh, engineer, Tatham's, uh, to look at. Uh, Tatham's has some history out at Sunset Park, uh, so we've asked them to come in. And the, the main thrust of what the action plan that we're looking at, which is probably going to be in the neighborhood of $300,000, is to, uh, is to uh, shore up the shoreline, uh, no pun intended, but to reinforce the shoreline so that it's not, uh, we stop the erosion. Uh, so primarily the main thing right now is to protect our shoreline, um, to uh, stop the uh, erosion so that we can survive the weather events. The weather events uh, that we've had late October, early November, uh, were just uh, incredibly strong direct north winds, which are unusual. Um, we usually have northwesterlies, and the, with the high water level, it really uh, the impact on the shoreline was dramatic, and uh, and that particular area, Sunset Point, was hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is investing money to protect the shoreline so that the erosion stops, um, and uh, and then next spring we'll have to look at uh, remediation and restoration in terms of trying to fix uh, areas of the park that have been damaged. Right. And finally, the Collingwood Inquiry now moving into stage three. Uh, what's your reaction so far? Are you, you happy with the way it's been going? Uh, yes, I mean I think it's really it's it's uh, it's a very significant investment, as I've said in our governance structure. I think we ha- uh, were at a point where we had to do this, 
And uh, so the council made the decision to do that. The uh, evidence that's been heard so far, I think, uh, justifies the decision that was made. Now, in terms of the uh, the, the look into what happened with the sale of 50% of uh, Collis in 2012 and then the use of those uh, proceeds for the sprung buildings, that's been completed. And the next section is uh, uh, very interesting and uh, in terms of assembling a group of uh, experts from the field of public, the public sector and public governance and uh, the integrity or structure of, the, of government. Uh, and, that, and that will be two or three days of hearings uh, with these panels that uh, will help to advise um, Justice Morocco and give him suggestions in terms of ways that uh, things can be implemented both at, by the province and locally uh, to prevent this sort of thing from happening again. And uh, the, you know, in the town, we've also been pursuing these things uh, as well through the last council with the integrity commissioner and changes to the code of conduct and now with the lobbyist registry. Um, but this is uh, really, I think, a point in time when uh, when Justice Morocco can refine his recommendations for the province, uh, looking at legislative changes, um, and then also for municipalities like Collingwood, and particularly Collingwood, in ways that we can put things in place, checks and balances in place to prevent this uh, from happening again. Now, we knew on the outset that this inquiry isn't uh, – it's not uh, able to lay charges or, you know, it isn't a court case. Uh, but with the information that's come out of the inquiry, could the town be taking legal action against uh, individuals or corporations based on the information that's come out of it? Yes, I think a lot will depend on the findings of Justice Morocco okay. uh, and how uh, what conclusions he draws from the evidence he's heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's very interesting, and, and I will certainly be watching this uh, next phase very closely. We have Justice Bellamy, and she was the, the commissioner uh, and chair of the uh, Toronto inquiry into right. the uh, computer leasing, the MFP, and she made 244 recommendations. And I think what we might hear from uh, Justice Bellamy um, and I think might uh, be reflected in Justice Morocco's conclusions is, uh, you know, this is not a new story. And the province uh, has not really made significant changes to the legislation and things like the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act and the Municipal Act. And it'll be interesting to see if Justice Bellamy feels that had some of her recommendations been adopted, then, you know, the (laughs) legislative framework might have been different. But certainly, uh, depending on uh, the findings of Justice Morocco, there there are other uh, uh, avenues that could be pursued, either by the municipality or others who uh, were involved. And also, I think that uh, it may um, um, have an impact on the OPP investigation, and they may pursue other, uh, you know, get that going, because as they told us and have told us for the last six-plus years, it is active and ongoing. So it's not a closed case for them? It's not a closed case. Uh, um, and other than the ITO that goes back to July of 2014, uh, we really don't know okay. what the what has gone on in that investigation. And it'll be interesting to see what the OPP does. Mayor Brian Saunderson from the town of Collingwood, thank you for once again joining us here on Talk of the Town. Well, as always, guys, it's uh, it's great to be here and it's great to be back. It was a wonderful time in Catano, but uh, as Dorothy says, there's no place like home. Ah.